White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Right after, grand slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter. It is at Ecknerwall23. That is Lawrence spelled backwards. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill, and our show is at Locked On Sox. Go to YouTube and subscribe right now, and we're also on Instagram and Twitter, if you want to leave us a voice message, 312-566-8727. That is Harold Baines, A.J. Brzezinski, Mark Burley, Jorge Orta, Bo Jackson, Carlton Fisk, and Tim Anderson, or LockedOnSox at gmail.com. I hate losing to the weird-ass twins. Here's Christopher. <laughs> so formal this evening. Yes, thank you, Cece, uh, and the weird-ass twins. Weird-ass Minnesota twins. We are brought to you today by Locked On MLB Prospects. If you're the type of baseball fan that can't help but get giddy over prospects, we have the podcast for you. Locked On MLB Prospects, hosted by minor league play-by-play voice Aram Layton, is the only daily podcast devoted entirely to the stars of tomorrow. Follow Locked On MLB Podcasts on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We begin with a little bit of news this evening. Yasmani Grandal in his at-bat during the sixth inning uh, looked like he uh, aggravated that left calf of his and it turned out to be a strained left calf muscle. And we are waiting to see to find out the severity of this injury. Uh, it looked horrendous. And a funny, yes. funny uh, anecdote about this. After we got done taping earlier uh, this evening or last night, as you are listening to this, uh, I had one of those leg cramps. I went out and I did like a 10-mile walk yesterday in the 90-plus degree heat. Uh, I did not get up early enough to beat the sun out there, so I came back home and I was hurting. And as soon as I uploaded the show, uh, I don't know how I aggravated my my calf by uploading a podcast, but it happens when it's hot (laughs) out. So I wonder if that was part of what happened with Yasmani, but we know he had... uh, an injury there before so he was walking off on his own power uh, as Dan Hayes reported there who is a beat writer for the twins so we will we'll let you guys know the latest on that injury and the severity and I, I tell you what folks uh, cannot afford to lose him maybe mm-hmm. if you if you do lose him you're fortunate that the all-star breaks coming up here but I I don't I've had it with the Zach Collins thing behind the plate man especially when he's coming into a game <laughs> that you're just trying to get out of and it's just like you know pass ball and just uh it's you just get in front of it man <laughs> just please <laughs> um I've, I've had it's it. like you called the pitch bro <laughs> yeah exactly I mean every pitch is a surprise when you're watching Zach Collins back there I mean, hit the ball hard one time for me. Get Block the ball when it's thrown to you. Jesus Christ. Uh, but anyway, uh, frustrating loss tonight. Um, we begin where we always do. We should note that uh, after this 8-5 to loss, the Sox fall to 49-35 and after losing to the Twins, but are still six games up on Cleveland, who lost to the Rays. Thank you very much, and walk wah, off. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> you hate to see it. And uh, that is a devastating loss for How Cleveland. How do you get to Class A? The Rays are the greatest team ever. Well, down yeah. two runs in the ninth, and they get three off of Class A. 
Yeah. Class B. Well, yeah, it's just, yeah, I, I knew you were going to downgrade him tonight, that's for sure. But yeah, they, they got to him, man. Just, you know, they didn't try, they, Sorry, my they, bad. Yeah, they didn't try to do too much. Just, you know, a, a few singles to lead off the inning. I'm not sure that Class A even recorded an out in that one. But that's just a uh, that's a soul crushing loss there for the tribe who was down early, then battled back to take the lead, and they were up going into the bottom of the ninth, and they can't hold on, and that's one of those losses that that buys you uh, some time here with the with the six game lead. So things could be worse. Just look at Cleveland, but that's not the bar here. We're 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 judging ourselves by a championship caliber standard. So I don't care what Cleveland's doing right now. It it it, it helps your club to have the breathing room. And you just hope to get to the all-star break in one piece as we try to find out what's going on with the Osmani Grandal. But we begin where we always begin. And we're going to talk about this, the trade rumors in the next segment. We'll get to that as well. But we'll quickly recap this one here, even though it's one you kind of want to throw away. We've had a lot of those recently where you just, hey, just throw it away. But Dylan Cease, we, we always start with the, whoever's on the mound. And Dylan Cease uh, tonight goes five and a third. Gives up six hits, six runs. All of them are earned. Two walks, eight strikeouts. Gives up the big home run to Kepler early on in that one. Just uh, just not good enough. I thought maybe he was left in there a bit too long, and maybe you could have salvaged a, a, an, an average outing if you would have just took taken him out there uh, after five. But... Uh, you know, just not good enough. And I'm I'm the Dylan Cease guy on the show, and it's 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 becoming harder and harder to defend him. And he's had a solid year, but in a, in a game like last night where you have Donaldson and Cruz out for the Twins, mm-hmm. and you know they still have some pesky hitters in that lineup, and there was still a really good lineup on paper going into the season, despite all the problems they've had with their bullpen. But it's still a competent major league lineup that you still have to execute pitches, and that was a, a frustrating outing uh, from Dylan Cease last night. Yeah, and it's um, what we talked about in Monday's episode of with um, G- Lucas Giolito, where the spin rate's down, and now it looks like Dylan C's numbers uh, of the spin rate is down also. So, interestingly enough, it's the last couple starts, and he I don't think of the last start he looked particularly well, but this one, you know, he had his times where he looked filthy, of course. Knuckle curve is awesome. Having 98 in the back pocket up top can get a lot of people out, but the Twins got hits off of him, especially in that sixth inning where I thought he pitched went one too many innings. I don't know what Tony was in there doing for him. Maybe he's like, all right, the bullpen's exhausted. I need him to get me through this inning. But, yeah, he wasn't there today. He wasn't all there today, and maybe some of that is the spin rate. I don't know what he was using, if he was using anything at all. But you could see uh, the numbers have gone down. I don't know the exact uh, numbers, but I'm looking at a chart right now. It says that it, <laughs> friends, it <laughs> falls off the table. It start June 20th was up in the 3,000 range, and then it falls off the table. His next start, which was this one, uh, it's like 2750. So not good at all for Dylan Cease. I, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Like, I I don't want these guys to be breaking the rule, but also I want the pitchers that showed up in the first half of the season to show up in the second half. And if this is the result of it, I guess I would rather have them lose on the level than win by cheating. So he will just have to find a way to get better grip and better spin on the ball without the extra enhancements that he has had. 
if he has had any. Yeah, I'm wondering too. Just when you you speaking in general terms here, salute the general terms. If you know, if it's not so much uh, a guy's relying on the substance to to get them through and to, and to be um, adequate at the major league level, I wonder how much. Is it we're involved where you just take something away from someone that they're used to using the entire time? You're just trying to figure out how to proceed without it, whether it helps you immensely or even just a little bit. But just you know, learning how to navigate through a ball game in a way that you're not used to doing it because baseball has allowed it for so long. That like that's got to be weird in itself. And you talk about a humid night there in Minnesota last night, where I would imagine it'd be a little, you know. Um, Ober was was sweating balls out there early on in that one, like literally dripping sweat out there. So, you know, both pitchers are pitching in the same conditions. And, you know, so I'm not trying to, you know, uh, make any excuses here. But I wonder how much of that is part of it, you know, because Dylan sees even after the the crackdown, still had a couple of of decent outings out there allowing just the uh, just one run. Uh, You know, he allowed. Okay, so you go back to that Pittsburgh start. That was the first one after the crackdown. It allows two runs and then two runs against the Twins last time out. Maybe it's a factor of seeing a team so recently in back to back starts. You know, maybe that could be a factor. But I would. Yeah, he's got the stuff, man. Like he he's you see all the tools are there. But again, it's just a matter of him putting it all together and learning to, to, to use those pitches in the right situations there. So We'd like to see some improvement there from Dylan Cease. Uh, getting to the offense. Well, you know, Ryan Burr finally turned into a pumpkin yep. last night, and it's it's bound to happen. And you, you tip your cap for him being able to keep the team in, into so many games to this point without the help of, uh, of the umpires in his last outing in, in Detroit. But, you know, that this was a winnable game, and the Sox were still able to make it competitive and get the tying run aboard there uh, in, uh, in the ninth inning. But Ryan Bird, not good enough. Max Kepler, a familiar foe to White Sox fans. He takes him deep, and uh, things kind of unravel from there. Th- these things are bound, bound to happen. But we talk about the offense, and o- offense did a, a decent job coming back late. Maybe – not so effective early on against Ober, not as effective as you would like to seen, but they did come back late. But the, the thing that I keep going back to with this team in, in, a, in a game like last night is just bad fundamental situational baseball. And the, the difference between this team being good and great, it's in games like we saw last night. You, you go back, and a couple of things here ended up not even mattering, but they, they matter in the big picture because if you're playing a team that's better than the Twins are, a team like the Astros, a team like the Rays, this stuff matters. So, you know, you go back to that seventh inning, and mm-hmm. I know you're, you you tweeted about it, and I was equally as, uh, as offended by it, but, you know, it, it was a funny thing. I think about this ballpark a lot whenever I see – uh, someone just hit a absolute piss missile to right center field, and it doesn't get out. Andrew Vaughn's home run would have been out pretty much in any other ballpark in America, including Yellowstone. But in that ballpark, it did not go out. And I just keep wondering what the hell they were thinking when they had Joe Maurer and and Justin Morneau, and that's how they build their their dimensions out there in the outfield. It's just you know you hate to see it, but uh, it, it's still frustrating every time you watch a game there. I, I think about that. But after Vaughn's double. In the seventh, Eaton finally does something uh, there in that inning, and Andrew Vaughn somehow doesn't find a way to score. He he doesn't go halfway between second and third, and a, a ball, you know, even if you are confident that it's going to be an out, you still go halfway. And if he only advances one base on that play, they end up scoring him later on anyway. But it's it's stuff like that, man, that just that drives me crazy watching this team. 
I mean, it's just like baseball one on one. Like the guy's going away from you. Firstly, secondly, it might fall down. So, yeah, going halfway there, it falls in. You're going to score. If he catches it, he's going the opposite way. There's no way he can throw you out from the direction that he's going and the arm strength that Max Kepler has, which is pretty decent. But I just these little things that add up and we saw it later in the inning. Yeah, let me. Yeah, I got it right here. So that run turned out not to matter because Moncada. Uh, triples uh, in two runs there, and Max Kepler played that ball like I don't know if, if you know you've got a dog you've got a dog at home. It's like when you when you've got a small dog in the house and you're trying to not let it get outside because the mailman's there. Like that's yes. how he played that ball in the corner there in right field. Like whoop whoop whoop, and it just it was it was bad. So they are able to score two runs in that one. And Moncada, welcome back. I, you know, even after that fifth inning shot that he that he hit. That turned out to be an out, but it was 98-9 off the bat with an expected uh, batting average of 350. Just It was just an atom ball, and he hit the ball hard a couple times. It's good to have healthy Yoan back in that lineup, boy, I tell you. And, and Jose Abreu's hitting too, but back to that seventh inning, Moncada's on third base with nobody out and Abreu up, and usually Jose Abreu will come through in that spot, but they've got the damn contact play on there, man. What the hell? With nobody out, that, that was insanely frustrating. It doesn't make sense at all. It's zero sense, actually. Ball hit right to third base. If it's hit in the middle of the inning, I mean, of the infield, shortstop or second base, I got you. I got you. Go go ahead and do it. But a ball hit at the third baseman, yeah, it's a tough play for a rise. But pretty simple after he picks it up and throws Johan out by five feet. We have other guys up there. Goodwin was scheduled to hit. And if you wanted to take Goodwin down, you could have had Mendick a bat or, as they eventually did, have Billy Hamilton hit. Either way, you only have one out with a runner on third instead of have one out with a runner on first and that runner being Jose Abreu. I just don't understand the process goes into that thinking. Either I don't know if Yoan's taking his own initiative there or that's a coaching thing. If that's Tony LaRusso or Super Joe saying, hey, contact, we're, we're busting at home. We have plenty of time when the seventh inning we see we're getting into their bullpen. We're getting into Caleb Thielbar. We're getting into Tyler Duffy. Let's continue this going. Let's not give them any momentum to think that they're doing well right here and to run into an out right there inexcusable yeah especially at that point you know it's a six to five game and then you just have a runner eliminated at, at third base and that pretty, pretty much kills all the momentum of the inning right there and they have enough firepower to get back in the game and it had it not been for that uh, bad eighth inning by Burr maybe things would have been a, bit, a little bit different in that ninth inning there but it's just frustrating it's stuff like that you know, and, you know, marry that with the, the pass balls that we've seen and the bad base running and stuff like that. That's that's the things that I take away from this game. And this game may not matter that much, but the, those things matter in the big picture, in my opinion. Uh, that That's all I got from this game here uh, last night, Herb. If you, if you have any, nothing else here from that game. I'm uh, trashed on this game. Forget this game. Yeah, thanks a lot for that eighth inning, by the way. Uh, we're, we're at the end here of a holiday weekend, and you we're just trying to get the show done and put it behind us, and that, that eighth inning seemed like it was going on for hours uh, when the Twins were up there hitting. Uh, but we'll take a quick timeout, and we'll allow the rumor mill to churn a little bit. That's our favorite thing to do around here. That's next here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Rock Auto. You know, friends, there's so many different makes and models of cars these days, it's become impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that your car is ever going to need. So why endure that 
often pointless or seemingly intimidating process of asking the person behind the counter if they have the parts that you need and they ask you the question like, is your Honda Odyssey an LX or is it an EX? And you don't remember. Uh, you just want to drive the thing out of there and make sure you're good. So why endure all that when you can get all the parts that your car is ever going to need at rockauto.com? For example, there's a, a rental car crisis going on in America right now. A lot of people are trying to find rental cars at their vacation destination only to find out that a lot of places have gotten rid of their fleets uh, during covid so, you know, my dad is looking to go out to California and he's trying to make sure that his car is running in tip top shape. So I told him he's buying all these auto parts coming up here. I said, if you're going to do that, go to rockauto.com because they're going to have all the parts that your car is going to need, no matter what make and model for your vehicle you're looking for. But best of all, you're going to save time and money when you go there because you don't have to go to one of these big chain storefronts and only to find out that they don't have the parts that your car needs. Plus, why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store when you don't have to? Or even your car dealership? Forget about it. RockAuto.com is a family business, friends, and they've been serving do-it-yourselfers like you and I online for over 20 years. They've got everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So if you're hitting the open road this summer, go to RockAuto.com. You don't want to get stranded out there. Make sure your car is running tip-top shape. You'll see all the parts available for your car or truck and do us this favor right locked on in the Haja Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. If any of you guys checked out the show yesterday, we teased this a bit. We didn't have time to get to it in the Monday show, but uh, no better time than the present to get to it as the, the Sox look to fortify this roster a bit heading into the trade deadline. And uh, there was some uh, fuel to the fire this weekend by none other than Bob Nightingale, per usual. And uh, he, all, you know, throwing more gasoline onto it after the Eduardo Escobar tweet that we covered in last week's show. But. Rick Hahn met the media before the Tiger series, and we didn't talk about that much, but uh, there is a couple of things I want you guys to hear. Uh, one thing that we knew would happen, and uh, here's just another interesting comp here. Uh, Rick Hahn was asked about these young kids coming up, your Jake Burgers, Gavin Sheets, guys coming up and making contributions at the big league level. Maybe does this you know, not necess- you know, necessitate you making a deal? Uh, at all whatsoever, or at least give buy you some time here. And uh, here's what Rick Hahn said to that, and he made a, a comp that's maybe a little bit unfair. more information we have, the better, and obviously information gathered in Chicago is more valuable than what we can gather when they're in the minors. Uh, you know, Kenny and I actually talked just yesterday about 2005 when roughly around this time of year we were certainly in the market for reliever help and wound up promoting Bobby Jenks. And and we all saw what he was able to do over the month of July and basically alleviate some of the need to go outside to, to address that role and obviously carried success through the postseason that year. Not saying anyone we're promoting right now is necessarily going to help get the final out of a decisive world series game, but it does, uh, it does ring somewhat similar to uh, the timing of those promotions and the opportunities that these guys have to show us that they should be a factor here for stretch run and hopefully into the postseason as well. Is Gavin already doing that for you or is it well, way too early? 
he's standing over there. So I'm going to say some really positive things about him to, to help boost him up. But uh, it's, it's, you know, he's gotten off to a really nice start. He's gotten off to a really nice start. He's shown well, uh, you know, we've seen him use all fields, make some nice plays defensively in a position that he's still somewhat new to. Um, and he's not scared. He's got the look of a big leaguer. So it's good to see. And hopefully we continue to see it over the coming weeks. Oof, I am nervous, Herb. When you when you break out the 05 White Sox comps, uh, you know nearly tw- almost twenty years in in the past, uh, and you're trying to compare it to the current championship standard of this ball club, that that makes me very nervous. I know this is anecdotal evidence that that supports what you know you you know something that your fan base can relate to a lot of them not many of them because we have a lot of younger fans who check us out who have no recollection of 05 whatsoever but i get nervous when i hear that kind of talk when when you start uh, evoking the 05 socks into the current situation i i know what Rickon is saying there and i know you rely on your entire roster to win a world series and that's that's case in point there but you you're talking about a team that got you know, and insanely lucky in, in 05. You will never see a team with three different closers uh, likely win a World Series again. And the way that unfolded was, was really just quite remarkable. But, you know, Bobby Jenks was selected off of waivers in December of 2004. And he was able to come up and make a huge impact in 05. But that that is the exception that, that proves the rule. I, I, I worry when I hear stuff like that that they're not going to go out and, and be aggressive. And, they, you know, I, I, they do have time here. Like I said, they've got almost the entire month of July, but not a lot of games in July. And they've got the six-game cushion. But are you as concerned as I am when you hear stuff like that, talking about the uh, trades that uh, could potentially be not made? Yeah, and the thing is that, you know, we spoke about a little bit of, about these, you know, we already have what we need on our own team and all we did in 2005 was get a utility outfielder in Jeff Blum and see how that turned out. That type of thinking is for fans. Do it all you want. I don't want my general manager or president of baseball operations to be thinking about how we did things in a totally different era of baseball. An era that you admittedly don't want to go back to. You said you want to go to do multiple championships. If you want to do the 2005 thing, put Kenny in charge again, we'll sell everybody (laughs) and we'll try to go after this championship. If we're going to do the 2005 thing again, let's go out and let's go for everybody we need to. Hey, hey, hang on. What do you talk about Kenny here, man? He better stay out of our business. He better stay out of White Sox business. I would love Kenny to come in here and just sell all of Rick Hahn's adorable first round picks. (laughs) Andrew Vaughn's going to be a great player in this league. Just not going to be here. Get out. So we this middling infielder. Yeah, man. We are guy. But yeah, I mean, like they didn't sell out necessarily in 2005 to get that championship, but that's the mentality the White Sox had. We want to win one championship. And the guy was asking me the other day, he's like, So you'll be satisfied with one championship? I said, oh, Yes. 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 I don't care about multiple championships. Ask teams who are trying to win multiple championships, the Cubs, the Astros, the Dodgers. The Yankees, all these teams try to get multiple championships. That's somehow successful there. They have been. I think only like Boston and um, the Giants have done it in the last 20 years, won multiple championships. So on the Cardinals, too, because, of course, Tony Lusa. So it's very, very, very damn hard to do winning multiple championships, especially the Cubs. You see how that thing's going. Ooh, friends. 
God damn, they are terrible. Did they lose again oh, last night? I didn't see. Oh my Jesus, they got killed. They had that long eighth inning, like uh, we were just talking about with the White Sox. They got gave up like six or seven <laughs> oh, runs Jesus. in the eighth inning with only like one of them being earned. So yeah, that thing is going off a cliff, and they've lost their tenth in a row. Just garbage team now. You want that team to be the White Sox in like five years? If they win a championship, yes. Yeah. Hell yes. Because I'll the, mark it down. Yeah, because the NLCS was the Chicago Cubs invitational for, for like three straight years. You know, like you get usually if you get yourself that many bites at the apple, you come away with more than one. And I know it ended, you know, poorly, a lot of Cubs fans would say, but you know, let's not forget, man, that that banner is gonna fly forever from twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can't go back to back unless you get one. You know, no, one, no one's gone gone back to back, I think, since the ninety eight Yankees. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear a lot of that too. Like sustainable sustained competitiveness like you know for five to ten years or one world series like i'm taking the world series because you'd hate to be the the atlanta braves of the 90s and not get your one you know mm-hmm. like so i agree with you wholeheartedly there man just the, I, I i don't like that mentality i i do believe that Rickon is looking to to upgrade and explore but i worry uh about the financial ramifications of guys that he that he could be possibly looking at uh, one of the guys that that he could be looking at here um what do we say, Herb, last week when we talked about this Eduardo Escobar tweet from Bob Nightingale? Remember, I, if, if you listen to this show, if you're a listener, what did I say how this, this is going to play out through the media? How, how, what did I say was going to happen? Uh, you said, I think you said that, uh, did you say that you wanted to, Rick to come on and say, hey, Bob, hilarious. We got rumors that they're trading for Eduardo Escobar, but not saying the name. Yeah. Oh, trading for people? Ha ha ha. Hilarious. These guys are just <laughs> out here with their wild accusations. Garbage. Ladies and gentlemen, Rick Hahn. There's been a lot more rumors about us, which I guess is probably just indicative of the time of the year. Uh, I got to say, I, uh, for the first time in my experience, I've received text messages from reporters Actually, no one on this call, I don't think, because I scan it. Uh, but I've received text <laughs> messages from reporters saying, I'm confused. This other reporter reported that you were making this deal and you guys haven't announced anything yet. What's going on? Which was a new, interesting tack. Seemed like a problem. Didn't seem like a Rick Hahn problem or a White Sox problem, but they're reaching out for guidance on that. Mm. Uh, look, it, it, there's been more chatter as we get closer to the 30th, the trade deadline this year. Obviously, we have the amateur draft during the month, middle of the month, which is you know, perhaps taking the attention of some teams or the focus of some teams away from trades and more towards setting up their draft boards. Uh, it's really impossible for me to predict when any deals will happen. Uh, obviously, as you get closer to a deadline, naturally, more things tend to happen with a deadline in everyone's face. Uh, that said, I know that we're putting forth a, a strong and consistent effort and we'll see what happens here. Nothing, uh, nothing's done till it's absolutely done. So I, I'm very hesitant to project out or predict when anything's going to come to fruition, but uh, a lot of work is being put in. We'll, we'll see what happens. So there it is. Rick Hahn taking Bob Nightingale uh, to, to the rack and dunking on him there. And, you know, and it, then it comes out, just two days after that press conference, Bob Nightingale doubles down and he says the White Sox are interested in Trevor's story. 
So what say you, Herb, about Trevor Story in a White Sox uniform? Supposedly he would uh, switch over and play second base. He is on an expiring deal. He's on a team in the Colorado Rockies who are in really a state of disarray. I believe they were operating Sons general manager uh, at the time being after trading Nolan Arenado for a package that I believe their their owner says, well, I don't know much about the guys that we got, but my people say they're great. Uh, They should have gotten a lot more. What say you about the possibility of uh, Trevor Story in a White Sox uniform? I would love it. That would be showing me that they're going for it. And it would take somebody. I know Trevor Story was a free agent after this year, so it'll be a rental. It'll be some pain involved in that. I'm sure it's either a person who just got to the major leagues that you don't want to lose. I'm probably or maybe like a Jared Kelly, a guy that's a long term uh, look for the White Sox. You know, people are resign to the Stevers of the world uh, guys like that Jimmy Lambert's of the world they would love for those to be the people who are leaving but if the White Sox are going to acquire Trevor Story it's going to take some pain it's going to hurt it's going to hurt a little bit and there's people who don't like Trevor Story because his road splits are making him like a 750 OPS player so yeah that's a real concern that Trevor Story away from the light air the high mountains uh, air of Colorado will become a average shortstop or in this case, a second baseman. I want him. I, the guy hits. And like I just said, it's a walk year. So he's looking to prove his worth and a year of a lot of shortstops being free. He wants to be the top guy out there. So if he's in some competitive games, maybe he's raised to the level of a couple of years ago where he had a 917 OPS and he's hitting balls out of a guaranteed rate in other AL Central ballparks. So you, you always have to worry about this. And, and I, I said this on Twitter, and I don't often tweet my Sox takes because we have this show to, to do that, and I like to reserve my proprietary White Sox thoughts and opinions for this show. But I, I thought it was important to, to get out there because everyone was getting very excited about Trevor's story. I think this is – I could be wrong. I could, this is simply – I'm speculating here. This is just leveraging against the – impending uh, Eduardo Escobar trade because you're 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 looking at an infielder from the same division maybe talks have stalled a bit they clearly were asking for a lot from all the reports that we had heard the Diamondbacks that is so I think this is just okay Rick Hahn putting out there or Kenny or Jerry putting out there in the public you know domain like hey we're we're moving on and we're gonna actually go ahead and get a better player and the same prospects that you're asking for for Eduardo Escobar we're gonna go ahead and give those to a division rival in the in the Rockies and get Trevor Story so I what I think that's a big part of this too is this negotiating through the media which is I find it pretty hilarious that when things get leaked to Bob Nightingale we know it's 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 often intentional you just never know who it's from uh, it, it, it certainly doesn't seem to be from Rick a lot of the times, but maybe from Kenny or from Jerry. But we know the Bob Nightingale relationship with the White Sox front office goes back, you know, a long way. Most recently in the offseason about the Tony Larusa hire, he was talking about that long before it happened, and we thought it was just a joke and maybe doing a, a public service to Tony Larusa, who wanted to get back in the game when he was just started bringing him up as a managerial con- uh, candidate. No one took it serious, but I think that that's what this is. This is leverage. But let's say it's not leverage let's say this is one of the moves that they make I I would prefer a a left-handed bat when you look at the balance of this lineup you saw what Gavin Sheets has done from the left side and in just a short burst here and how different of a look the lineup has with Gavin Sheets in it from the left side and and I'm not going to 
roll the dice on Gavin Sheets being the answer the rest of the way. But when I'm talking about acquiring someone, I would prefer a left-handed bat. And you look at Trevor's story and his uh, splits away from Coors Field, um, you know, not great. You look at his his away batting average, 244, with an OBP of 311, which is not horrendous. It's up a bit in 2021. 279 OBP away from Coors Field in 2021. Someone on Twitter alerted me to take a look at those splits. And it seems to me, if, if you look at the, uh, the BABIP, I, I think maybe he's having a little bit of tough luck away from Coors Field this year. He's uh, BABIP only at 216, so maybe that tells some of the story with Trevor's story. Um, God, I'm, I, I don't want this to happen just for the headlines. We already have to deal with the Burger and Fry on the same team and the Hamilton and Burr, but the story headlines for an entire new uh, media <laughs> city, I, I can't deal with it. But it's not. this is not a perfect move for me. He's a great player, obviously, but you always have to think about these things when these guys are coming from Colorado, how they'll, they'll fare in a different ballpark, in a different league for that matter. So this move kind of it's, – it's, it's, it's not a slam dunk by any means, especially if you're talking about giving up top prospects. I would prefer a left-handed bat. That's why I would rather give up you know, around the same amount of prospect equity, getting back to that Adam Frazier thing because he, he hits from the left side. You don't have to worry about the ballpark factor, and maybe you could parlay and get uh, some relief help from the Pirates as well. So I would be inclined to – to do that, even though Adam Frazier is not the player that Trevor Story is. Trevor Story has a more proven track record, but I'd be more inclined to make a move like that uh, than do the Trevor Story thing. But that's just me. Yeah, I mean, you have him for multiple years, too, and you can have a guy with a full offseason of your program and then worry about what you're going to do with Nick Madrigal. Maybe you can have a, a, a strong position of, hey, this didn't work out with Adam Frazier. We're going to trade him. Or it worked out well, and he's at his highest value. We have Nick Madrigal for five more years after this. It's been real, Adam. We got these other prospects coming for the offseason. Appreciate it. That that gives you much more leverage. And I think Adam Frazier as a player at second base has played the position that he's going to be playing with the White Sox will be a huge thing. I still want Trevor story, but switching him over to second base, that'll be adjustment covering the base, working with Timmy, understanding what balls he needs to get to, what balls that hose can get to on that side of the infield. That's a whole different story as far as him being comfortable. And we saw what Yohan Mankata said about him being in second base, that it caused him not to hit as well as he would hit otherwise because he's worried about his fielding all the time. So, yeah, if it comes down to it and it's Adam Frazier versus Trevor Story, Adam Frazier. So I think what we're looking at here with the All-Star game looming here, you know, I don't think we're going to see many moves, if any, before this All-Star game because you're you're looking at a situation where you haven't had an All-Star game in two years. And for whatever it's worth, just the, the optics of it all, I think they want to have these guys wear their team's uniform through the All-Star festivities. So, you know, because that's often a bad look when you, when your team is already out of it. They're trading their All-Stars to another team in another league. I think baseball, it's not good for baseball. It's not good for the teams in those cities. So I, that's why I don't think you see a lot of movement here. I, I think the Sox know they need to be aggressive. And I just think that, that that there's not a move to be made at this point until that All-Star game is played. Uh, I, that's just what I'm speculating. I have no inside info, but I think it just makes sense. I think it just makes – it's common sense that these guys who are voted in by the fans and selected uh, around the league by the, the their, their managers and, and peers and things of that nature, I think 
they they want to play in that game for the team that that got them there. So I think that's what we're looking at here. Um, we'll take a quick timeout. We'll wrap the show up. We'll preview tomorrow's show next here on Locked On White Sox, and we'll have a little bit of news on Yasmani Grandal. That's next. This episode of Locked On White Sox is brought to you by Bet Online. You know, baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action with our friends at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, hockey, and even UFC and MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. And it's not just baseball you can bet on on a daily basis. Check out these cool Prop bets you can place at Bet Online. If you watched that hot dog eating contest out there in New York this weekend for the holiday and you pounded that over, you cashed in on that one. Shout out to everyone who reached out to me on that one. How about this? You can place a bet on who is going to testify at the Ghislaine Maxwell trial? Or how about which TV network is going to host the Golden Globes? Or better yet, how about which country is going to be the first to be attacked by aliens? That's right. I'm not kidding, folks. It's all there for you at Bet Online. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in on the game as teams prep for their runs to the postseason and aliens head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts and don't forget our promo code locked on tony larusa spoke to the media after the game last night and an update on grandal the update is there's no real update but he did leave the ballpark on crutches and tony la is saying that it was not a cramp for yasmani grandal so it certainly looks like a re-aggravation of the same injury that had him on the shelf for a bit you just hope it's not too serious and you hope zach collins can get you through sebi zavala is the next man up and that's been the story of this team all year long is the next man up and the young players making contributions. But I, I, maybe they caught a break in terms of when this injury is occurring because you'll have a couple weeks here with the All-Star break next week where you can uh, overcome this and with your six-game lead. But uh, it, it's really unfortunate. Another injury to a big-time player, but this team is, is resilient, man. But uh, it, it sucks that it happened to Yasmani here because he's been playing so well lately. And, and we talked about him deserving to be an all-star and they're going to be without him it looks like uh, for a little bit here yeah and I wanted to be on the IL when he first initially did this because you were close to the all-star game and you could have parlayed this you knew it was more than three games that he was going to be out less than 10 possibly he can get back for this Minnesota game and obviously it was the wrong move because he looked like he was shot when he had happened. And so it's a hundred percent going to IL this guy. Hopefully he's fresh and ready for, to go for the game from the 16th versus the Houston Astros. If I got my math correctly, yeah, I'll be eligible for that game. Is it 10 days or 10 games? Uh, 10 days. Okay. So yeah, he'll be back for that game and uh, home game versus the Houston Astros at the earliest. And if he's fresh and ready to go, let's get him back there. But uh, if it's more extended where he's out for a month or two, 
because this is that looked horrible. Yeah, um, you know, here, it looked like he was writhing in pain. Yeah, he did walk off on his own power, but the crutches too. Here's the full quote from Larusa: Everyone's really concerned about him. There's crutches in there, just really uncertain what the diagnosis is really going to be. Hope for the best. That's all you can do right now. It wasn't a cramp. I wish it was a cramp. So it it doesn't sound good. Maybe my initial. Uh, armchair diagnosis of him just being on the shelf for a couple weeks through the all-star break maybe that's under selling a little bit I, I certainly uh, hope that's the case but you know that's all you can do is, is hope for the best man but uh, you know I hope that him being able to walk on his own power you know it wasn't a magical situation where he needed help getting around but you know maybe he's a catcher so he's a tough guy despite what people say about him but yeah man this that that would that would absolutely crush this team but you know they've got some reinforcements coming you know, uh, Luis Robert was on uh, TikTok, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, hopping around. The hip flexor looks good. Our, our guy uh, Southside Zoe uh, was was tweeting about that, and I told him, "Hey, man, hip flexor looks good. You can skip Charlotte uh, for Luis Robert." That's my armchair GM uh, diagnosis for Luis there. But yeah, just uh, it sucks. It's it's someone different every day, practically yeah. with the injuries. So you just gotta you know weather the storm and. You know, hope Zach Collins can tighten up the playback there uh, behind the dish because it, it has not been pretty. And, uh, you know, defensive run saved has been an important thing for this team this year. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's not going to help in that category. Especially, especially at that position. There are terrible defensive run saves at the catcher's position, and those are runs. Those are those are ways where we can steal outs and, or give up outs. And yep. as Tanny talked about early in the episode, you guys saw it. Zach, every time he comes in, he's boxing balls. He's a ball that hits the dirt is automatically going to have Kirilov going to second. I don't care if Kirilov's not on the base. That's something that's just always going to the extra uh, base every time Zach Collins is in the game. I'm like, God damn it. Kirilov all the time? Come on. They do a horrible job of holding runners on in general when everyone's healthy on this team. Like It's it's basically it's, it's yaha time every time someone gets on first base if you have someone with rem- a remote amount of speed. And you know it's just going to continue here. But uh, Carlos Rodon's on the bump tonight. 6-3 and three with a 2-3-7 versus Jose Berrio. 7-2 with a 3-5-2. Back to a 7 o'clock central start. So we will recap that one. And we'll have the recap posted at midnight on Hopefully. Wednesday. Hopefully, provided the game is still not going on. We have to give that disclaimer every single time. And because Minnesota did a dumb thing and not put a roof on the damn stadium. Oh, the rain. And, that's right. Yeah. Jason was talking about 90% chance of rain during the game tomorrow. I hope they bang it early so we can just get into a mailbag <laughs> so you guys can send your mailbag stuff in right now. LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. 312-566-8727. Because we might be able to do a, a mailbag episode tomorrow if we don't hey. do our recap i'm inclined to just skip it uh <laughs> but <laughs> just yeah. send them in anyway yeah guys. send them in if we have enough for a bag i'll definitely do do the bag. the bag uh and i think we're gonna have some uh some some help maybe next week uh, as i as i take a week off and go up north a little bit we'll talk about maybe some guest hosts are going to be in the mix and maybe some guests that we're going to talk to we'll see what's going on but more details on that as uh, as we learn them so that's all i got for today's show, 312-566-8727, 312-566-8727, lockedonsocks.gmail.com. That's all I got, Herb. For Chris Tannehill, my name is Herb Lawrence. You guys know our Instagram and Twitter handles. Go ahead and do those. And ActonWall23 and at Chris Tannehill, thank you for joining us on this episode of Locked on Socks.